the and then they fixed it sometime after that. So right, right. All right, we live right now. So I'm gonna go ahead and get started. Um, hey. go ahead and put this out here on social media. Let everybody know we live. Uh, get people to come through. But um, yeah. So this is first and frame race episode uh fifty two. Is this fifty two? Yeah, it's fifty two. Mm-hmm. And um, just me and Bills right now. I don't know where DJ is. Uh, I think he's still working or whatever. But nevertheless, the show will will go on. No problem. No no issues. No words. What's going on, Bills? How you been? Chilling, man. I've been chilling. Just uh, you know. Working on the set list, getting closer and closer to um, my little run of shows that I'm going to have, but I actually got a little gig this weekend on Saturday, so. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's pretty up. excited. Not me. I, I'm same on same with me for the past few days, a uh, week or so. You know, my son's been born, and um, we just been doing parenting in the house. It's, uh, yeah. it's, been, it's been pretty cool, you know, learning new things. This mm-hmm. and the third, um, just pretty much assisting my wife because I know you know with hers, it's 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 life changing because with her she you know she had a cesarean because we didn't uh, actually have the um, what you call it the natural birth, so mm-hmm. it, it it's been a little life changing for her. So uh, I just been doing everything I can to assist right. you know her getting around and you know she really can't go outside anywhere right now and I know it's a little frustrating for her, but. You know, it, it's all good. She she's gonna she's gonna be she's gonna make it. She's a trooper. She's strong. Right. But um, outside of that, man, I just been playing these games. I'm playing a little bit of Resident Evil Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's pretty much it, man. Cleaning up, doing you know, the basic stuff. Like I said, uh, we have a lot of topics to to, uh, to talk about today. So I mean, it's gonna be very interesting, and uh, pretty much to see how people react to what we have to say. You know, we had Roger Goodell. Mm-hmm. With the state of the um, state of the league address, Super Bowl Fifty Three preview. Go talk about that. Uh, some NBA talk. Um, I'm actually curious about the if the PlayStation Five developmental kits are actually going out to a lot of first party developers. So okay. um, that's I, I want to talk about that as well because I find that very interesting to uh, talk about when it comes to the life, the ending life of the PlayStation Four. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess we can start talking about how we felt about this generation, because uh, before you know it, I mean, if the dev kits are already out there, best believe in a year and a half, maybe two years, the PlayStation Five is going to drop. And and I also I would not be surprised if the Xbox, the next Xbox dev dev kits are going to be out very soon as well. Right. So um, that yeah, I think that's it's an interesting time because. With the PlayStation and the and the Xbox is actually um, ending their life cycle, this is a good chance for a lot of people to get a lot of games for pretty cheap. So, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll get into that. Um, but um, let's talk about what happened earlier today. Uh, Roger Goodell, you know, he addressed a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. it, most of the stuff was like a broken record. You can talk about uh, um, oh goodness, I just got mind blank. Josh Gordon, he talked about um. Him. He also talked about uh, Colin Kaepernick. He okay. talked about Kareem Hunt. He talked about all these, you know, j- you know. But none of that is really, um, none of that is really uh, relevant. I hate to say it that way because we we've all been down that road. 
Uh, mm-hmm. the, the main thing in the room right now is the officiating of the NFL. And um, we're really going to talk about that because he he said a few things that was actually interesting, uh, some things that I agree on, and hopefully some things that we could get past. And I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. So um, before we do that, um, if you haven't, you know, you can always come through, check us both out, uh, both of us out on Twitter. I am VF Baller. That's he is Bill's fourth. You can also check us on iTunes. You can check us out on SoundCloud. Um, all the links are in the description of the live stream. And also it will be in the description of the other places that I talked about, um, especially uh, on Twitter. You can find it there. And um, so if you want to listen to us after the live stream, definitely that's where it is. So um, let's see. Uh, Bills, Roger Goodell, um, do you want me to let you know what he said first or you just want to give your take on it now? Um, I didn't watch it, so you can uh, kind of give me, I guess, the Cliff Notes version of what he said. Okay, I didn't watch it either. Not the whole thing in its entirety, because my main thing is I wanted to hear about what he had to say when it comes to the actual um, officiate, because that's the big thing. We already know how teens feel about domestic violence. We already know how they feel about drugs and the, and how people um, have mental issues struggling with drugs. And we all know about how they feel about Colin Kaepernick. It, there's nothing changed on that end. So right. I wasn't really prepared to listen to any of that. I wanted to talk about how he wanted to handle these officials. And basically what he said was, um, there's uh, the door is open for a possibility to review certain calls, but he does not feel that it will solve the problem. He also feel that it doesn't solve the problem if you add another official, and he feel that that the fans are frustrated, the Saints fans are frustrated, and people who don't like officials are actually frustrated as well, but um, the thing about it is they're human, and with that being said is they're going to continue to make calls that aren't going to be you know popular at times. You know, um, this is just that's the way it is. So um, basically, the gist of it was that's just how it's going to be. Um, there's always going to be discussion within the, the competition committee to add stuff like that as far as another official or maybe you can replay a player, uh, replay a play or mm-hmm. a, a call. But at the end of the day, he's going to stay pat for where he is and just going to leave the game as it is. And me personally, I'm cool with that. But you just have to hold these officials more accountable for what they do or don't do on the field. Uh, how do yeah. you feel about that? Uh, uh, first, first off, what's going on, Pooh? Uh, you just came into the chat. Um, but yeah, I feel I, I kind of agree with him, but at the same time, I think folks' frustration was with the fact that not only was the call blown, but the ref wasn't really punished in a severe enough manner if he was punished at all. I don't think that reviewing defensive pass interference is going to do anything. I agree on that front. But at the same time, like you said, we have to hold these officials accountable. If they really aren't rigging these games, then prove it by holding these officials accountable. And I'm not talking about a fake fine. I'm talking about a legit fine and a suspension. That's what, that's what we need period. Because, when the players make mistakes or the players do something on the field that um, jeopardizes their team's success, they get suspended. They get fined. Exactly. And when and when the, the referees are criticized, the people who criticize them are fined. So 
Yeah, that, you know what? That that makes so like that's what I don't understand. How could you yeah. get how could you get fined for criticizing an official, right. but you don't? Well, the, the official don't get fined or disciplined for actually making the jacked up call because these sports leagues are more worried about the perception of, um, of the fans as a whole. Uh, you know what they feel about the league rather than actually having the best product on the field because deep down inside i think that they're rigging these games and if a if a coach or player comes out and criticizes these referees then you know naturally a lot more people will continue to turn a blind eye to a lot of the other things that are going on and point their attention towards these refs and I think that's not what the NFL wants. The NFL would rather us talk about Kaepernick than talk about the refs. Yeah, and that's sad. I agree. And, it, and I mean that that I, we know that. Yeah. You know that. You know. And to be honest with you, there are some media outlets feel the same way because some media some some media outlets are in the pocket of the NFL and they want that access, so they would rather mm-hmm. talk about those certain things instead of actually getting things right for the consumer or the fans. Of course, uh, but you know that, that you know that's totally different issue. But as far as what you said about with Kaepernick and everything, they they want the drama. They don't want to get stuff right. And and with that being said, the fact that the refs are being disciplined in this fashion could continually create that drama. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's what it comes down to. Once these players start calling out these refs and holding them accountable, more people will pay attention to how often these calls happen and they will find a pattern. Once they find a pattern, they won't be in the dark anymore about how the NFL and these other sports leagues rig these games and how the refs control these games. It's the same with the NBA. They have heavy-handed fines for coaches and players who criticize refs. If you say anything to a ref on the court, basically now you get – you know, a fine and an ejection, at the very least a technical. So what they're doing is they're allowing these refs to not only be sensitive, but they're allowing them off the hook when they fuck up a call. That's because they're not actually there to make sure that the rules are followed. That's not why they're there. Right. It's almost like they're placebo referees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, in some cases, it just seems like it's all for show, especially when it gets in tense moments and, you know, the game's on the line. And, you know, I mean, because we've seen this years ago, they're, they're, you know, when they start saying, oh, let them play, let them play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was like, excuse me, that was like the predecessor of what we see now is like letting them play. Yeah, but if it's a bad call, it's a bad call. Yeah. If, it's, if it should be called, it should be called. I mean, you, I mean, it's. We're all looking at the same plays. We're looking at the same thing. If something wrong, call it out. And right. th- to be honest with you, that will really alleviate a lot of situations in those tense moments. Players want to actually have to play right to get what they're supposed to, or, you know, to get the outcome that they want. In other words, that play with the Saints, that guy, he knew he he knew he um did pass interference. He know he he knew he did it. Yep. But the fact that you know that. You're going to be called nine times out of ten. He would have turned around and tried to intercept the ball. He would yep. have played the play the right way instead of having some bush league situation. So yep. I mean, and that's just one of the that's one of the deals. I mean, there's plenty of other times where players get fouled going to the rim. Some mm-hmm. players actually travel when they're playing basketball. There's yep. some, you know, there's some, you know, it's just some jacked up situations happening crunch time because they know that. Nine times out of ten, the ref is not going to be to say anything about it because they're caught in the moment. 
you just don't have these refs that are just going to call it like it is. Well, and here's the other thing, though. The other thing is what they do, this is a clear indication to me that they have some bearing on the results of these games and they actually do care who wins and who loses. What they do is when something like this happens, they want to add more referees to the field. Yeah. And over time, you've noticed they've added these referees onto the field and onto the court, and these calls still happen. But what happens is it muzzles people for a couple years. Okay, they have a new ref on the floor, so maybe things will change. They have another ref on the floor. They have another ref on the field. And the whole time, these things are still happening. They're just happening in different ways. I, I, I got a question, Bill. Why do Honestly, why do we need another ref? We don't. That's what I'm saying. Why do we need another ref? Because the way I look at it is everybody can see what's going on. Everybody, There's like nobody's not in a position to see what's going on on the field. Like you actually literally have some, some refs from the other sideline calling pass interference that happens on the opposite sideline. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes they're right. I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to knock them because sometimes those refs get it right. But mm -hmm. the fact that you have those refs that can do that, why would you need another one? I mean, look look at the situation with uh, Kevin Durant this year against the, the Rockets where he was clearly out of bounds. And the ref that they have placed there, because they decided they needed another ref on the floor, the ref that they had placed there clearly saw Kevin Durant was out of bounds and didn't call it. It's not about right. the number of refs on the, on the floor. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. Like I said, that, that, that's a perfect example. Now, another one, like the James Harden, the traveling call or mm -hmm. another call. I mean, it, not, I don't care how many refs are on a basketball court. Most of the time, at least two of the refs are looking at the ball carrier or, or who's dribbling the ball. At least two. Now, you may have one that looks for the off-ball foul, trying to see what's going on in the paint. I get it. But I know at least two of them are watching what the ball handler is doing. And for, them to, and for them to have him do that, and nobody says anything. See, that's the stuff I'm talking about. You don't need more refs. You just need to pay attention and yeah. be held accountable when you're not paying attention. And another thing these leagues do is they come up with excuses like, well, you know, the game moves really fast. I'm sorry. Um, let, let, let's let's put the play with um, let's put the play with the pass interference and fast forward. You're still going to see his pass. You're still going to see his pass interference. I got a question. Why Harden travels? Why does the game move so fast, but people that's watching it on TV can see it better than the guys that are on the field? Exactly. That that's that's my point. It's like it's like they make excuses as to why these calls happen, but you never hear about the solutions to it. Right. What's up, J Miles? How you doing? What's good, J Miles? But um, yeah. What what it comes down to is. They're not gonna punish the people who are being paid to miss calls like this until they start suspending these refs. I will continue to believe that games are rigged because if you were serious about putting the best product on the field, you would suspend that ref, hold them accountable, fire refs that miss multiple calls. Tim Donaghy talked about this. All they right. asked him, Well, well, why don't these refs get fired if they miss calls. He said, because they're supposed to miss those calls. Yeah, isn't he the one that got, got in trouble for betting on games or some shit like that? Yeah, and he ratted everybody. Right. If you're supposed to miss the call, if you are supposed to turn a blind eye to something, then 
why would you get punished if the person that puts you in that position knows that that's why you're there? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, that, that's just that's that's how it is. I mean, that's like if you plan to rob a bank, and you you are one of the people who got the security guard hired that turned a blind eye to you guys robbing the bank that night. Why would he yeah. if he was the reason why y'all got to rob the bank? You put right. him in that position. There you go. So that, that's that's my thing. It's like people are so worried about all the solutions the NFL are going to come up with. But the thing is, the NFL is not going to come up with a solution to a problem that ain't there. This is exactly what they want. Yeah, and see, that's what I was saying. It's like, like don't get me wrong. I get it. You know, yeah. like I said before, even with J-Miles, he's a Saints fan. He's mm-hmm. like one of the coolest Saints fans I know. And I know. he was yeah. like literally pissed off. I understand why they're pissed off. Mm-hmm. But it's like the root of the problem is basically being held accountable. Yes. These guys need to be held accountable. It's it's not Absolutely. the fact that Roger Goodell did this, Roger Goodell did that. It's mm-hmm. just that these players, association, the league, they need to come together to hold these dudes accountable. Because once that happens, they're going to continue to have this problem. Yeah. And see, that's what Neff said. See, that's another thing, you know, and I didn't want to get into it because I didn't want to talk about the Saints anymore. But mm. it's just like what Neff said uh, in the chat. He said that Saints blew the game long before the PI call. Yep. I, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. I can agree with that. See, the and message gets watered down when you have cases like this where fans have no case, but, you know, they, they, they choose to die on that hill of, oh, well, you know, this cost us a game. No. It didn't. So when so when the NFL looks at teams complain about stuff like this, it gives them even less reason to change the rules because they look at what happened in the game after that, and they see that your team is actually the one that blew the game, not the refs. Yeah, it, not Cameron never- Jordan walking around wearing shirts to say uh, "blow whistles, not not games." Well, I'm sorry, but how many times do you get to the quarterback that game? Oops. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, now see, that's a different, like I said, that's a different discussion that I didn't want to get into because, like, right. we talked about the Saints last week. Yeah. It, but it's like, yeah, but the flip side to it is like what we're talking about now is like this is going to continue to happen. And I mean, I'm not, like I said earlier, we're not for like technology calling up games. It would be great if you can have it, have it to assist in mm-hmm. certain situations, but stuff like this. I don't think that should be a replayable call. I just think that ref needs to be reprimanded big time. I don't think, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even think the ref who saw this play needs to be on the field again. The only sport, the only sport I would want electronic refereeing in would be, I want there to be an electronic strike zone because that's another thing that the MLB uses to rig games is the strike zone shrinking or widening based on the umpire. I can see that and and I know people may not believe but might not agree with this. I don't have a problem with um tennis having this too. Because sometimes some of those calls be egregious when the ball hit the yes. line or it don't hit the line. Yes. So in those two instances, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I mean like yeah. yeah, I get it. Like Neff just said human error is human error. I'm all for human error. I don't have right. a problem with it. But the thing is, the back end of that, when you make a mistake, you need to be just like, like any job. Mm-hmm. You mess up on a job, you're gonna be reprimanded. To me, I have not heard not one ref actually 
be reprimanded for anything as long as I actually watch sports. Outside of that, and I know this is um real low on the low tier, the mm-hmm. Sun Belt Conference had a play where um a basketball player drove down the field with like um, down the court with like two seconds left. Mm-hmm. And I swear that this dude took like five five steps of a Euro step to lay up the ball mm-hmm. to, to win that game. Yeah. And they didn't call travel. And they won the game because he drove down the court, did took like five steps in the lane and laid the ball up and the game was over. So the Sunbelt Conference, they suspended those guys for like a game or two or something like that. But I like that's like the only time I've actually known that refs being reprimanded for jacked up calls. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Like human error is fine in some cases. But if there is any way to eliminate human error without adding time to the game, for example, like you said, tennis, out of bounds or any faults on serves, anything like that, it should be electronic. Strike zone, I feel it should be electronic. Um, I think I think with a strike zone, like say, for instance, if something was a strike in the beginning of the game mm-hmm. and it's called a ball the next, I, I can see where that could be where that could be the case. Yeah. I mean, in the first inning. In the first inning, an umpire will give you that call. In the seventh inning, the umpire is not giving you that same call. And that's the crazy thing. It's like, how can you how can you say that in one inning that is a call as a strike, but when the team really needs that call, they don't get it. Yeah, I, I think I think at the end of the day, what, what it needs to be like the first inning of a baseball game sets the tone of what's a ball and what's a strike. I say the first two innings. They right. set the tone for what's a ball and what's a strike. So when when the seventh inning comes and we see that same pitch, I, I, I think with technology today, they can actually look back and see. Because, you know, the, the umpire is going to have their own perspective of what's a ball and what's a strike. I mean, we can give them that. Because I don't I don't see nobody, re- you know, um, I don't see anybody actually reviewing a call, the second pitch of the game, saying, hey, I think that's a strike. Exactly. I don't. I don't see that. But like later on down the game, and after they done called a strike four or five times, and now that same pitch comes across and it looks very similar. Yeah, you may have a. You know, you might have a gripe. The, 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 you know, might have a gripe with that. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, with this Roger Goodell mm-hmm. thing, um, like I said at the end of the day, um, I mean, like we said before, I don't. I ne- I did not have a problem with what he said in the state of the league address. But at the end of the day, they need to actually start holding these refs accountable. That that I think that's the end all be all of getting this shit done right. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, ref, you shouldn't miss calls like that all the time. We keep hearing about how qualified these refs are, but but they're part time guys. How 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 professional they are? They're part time dudes. They don't even work for the NFL like that, right? You know, this this a company is making twenty. Maybe $25 billion a year, I'm yeah. guessing. They should be able to hire these guys. I don't see why not. I mean, like I said, I, I don't think I don't think there's a reason these I don't think it's a coincidence, I should say, that these guys miss calls every game. I, I just think that you know it, it happens like shit that happened to the Saints, it, it wouldn't happen to the Patriots. And I'm a Patriots fan, but I'm just be honest. That, that wouldn't happen to the Patriots. Well, I mean, look at the flip side of that with the Patriots. Look at that rough in the passer call on Brady. Oh, of course. That was actually – that that was a call uh, compared to the Saints' non-call. That was a call. But, I mean, you look at it, stuff like that. Now you're starting to think like, okay, 
what this ref is doing. Of course, that's not roughing the passer. You know, but I mean that, like I said, that's the human error side of it. You know, I mean, what what can you do with that? Yeah. Um, speaking of, let's let's keep continuing with football. I mean, Super Bowl Fifty Three is coming up. You got the Rams and the Patriots. Um, mm-hmm. You're a Patriots fan. Um, who are you taking? <laughs> who are you taking for the for to win the Super Bowl? I'm taking the Pats, and I I've picked against them enough this this postseason. Um, I, I'm done picking against them. I thought we would have trouble against the Chargers. We didn't. I thought the Chiefs would beat us. They didn't. Um, I would have rather played the Saints, but uh, you know, I think I think the secondary is going to be an issue for them if they can't get to the quarterback. And I think that cornerback that's talking trash, Roby Coleman, is just he he's putting bullets and board material out there that he, he shouldn't be putting out there. And he tried to clarify the statement after, but it's too late. Just shut up and go out there and play. Just, 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 you know, that that's, there, there's magic words that you, you just don't say when you're talking about greatness. And uh, unfortunately he is going to have to learn that because he would definitely be targeted. Mm, right. Um. Now, I think the Rams obviously have a great chance to win. I think they have to run the ball pretty well if they're going to win, though. Um, and Goff has to get the ball out quick, which he doesn't always do. Um, uh, you know what? Yeah. I think I think that the Rams are going to – I'm going to say the Rams. I think Jared Goff is going to play well. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't think he'll be the reason that the Rams will win if they win. I don't have a dog in the fight. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who's going to win the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it to me, I mean, you're talking about a very talented team with the Rams yep. going up against Brady and mm-hmm. the Patch, the, the Packers, the Patriots. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they always find a way to to overcome mm-hmm. adversity. I mean, mm-hmm. even when you know the Eagles beat them last year, you know that they were basically. You can make the case that Brady was going to continue driving down the field if he did not get you know the ball fumbled out of his hand. Oh, no, he no. Was, I'm pretty sure he was throwing the ball to somebody who was open. It's, oh, just, yeah. the, it's just the fact that the, the Eagles got that pressure on them, you know, and they did what they're supposed to do. Not, not taking nothing away from the Eagles. It's just mm-hmm. that the way that the Patriots run their system, yeah. they find a way to be efficient. And with that being said, those it, it's hard to pick against either one because you could say that, you know, Jared Goff's not going to do this, not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff was damn good against the Saints in New Orleans. Yeah, that, that, that's very hard to do, you know. So it's like, with that being said, it's like I don't put nothing past him to have a good game. My mm-hmm. problem is, is everybody else around him? And it, it, it's, it's kind of backwards because he's the new kid. I mean, he's just starting out, but right. he has proven he's proven me that he's capable to to play good in in the limelight. So yeah. I, I don't I don't have a problem with him per se. I mean, obviously, unless you get pressure on him, this is, I mean, any no quarterback can do good under pressure. But well, it's it, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, but um, I don't think Jared Goff is going to be a problem in this game to 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 actually um diminish what the Rams could do. I, I I'm very I'm worried about. The people who you think that's going to have a good game, like Pooh put in the um in the uh, in the chat, the mm-hmm. Sue, Aaron Donald. People are already thinking that these guys are going to do what they do, but uh, 
um, Belichick has a way of isolating people and taking them out of the game. He has a way of doing that. Y'all, the, yep. the, you know, so with that being said, I wouldn't be surprised, just like what Pooh said. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get any traction in this game. You know, so it, it, I, I, I'm not surprised at that. Um, whoever wins this game, I think it's going to be – I got a feeling this game could be low scoring and very close, probably similar to – like the Rams in the um, Saints game, maybe in the mid twenties at the highest. That that's my take. And in the game, the team will probably win anywhere between three and four points. 28-24, You know, twenty three. I mean, twenty to twenty three, twenty seven twenty four. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know which team will win because, like, to me, I feel like it's a toss up. But if they do win, it's going to be one of those type of scores. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just waiting for the I'm just waiting for the receiver versus linebacker matchup that the pa- Patriots will of course find by the third quarter, um, if not earlier, because then I think the Rams are really gonna have trouble. I don't think it's the receiver versus uh, linebacker matchup. I think it's the Gronk versus the linebacker because you got to think about it. Their linebacker corp, the linebacker corp in um the, for the Rams, they're they're okay. They're, they're, they're fairly athletic, so I'm not going to say that they can hang with receivers or whatever, but they'll have a – I feel that they'll have a better time hanging with the Patriots receivers over trying to hang with Gronkowski. I don't think – I honestly don't think they will because then there's there's going to have to be – there's going to have to be a guy that guards James White out of the backfield. There's going to have to be a mm-hmm. guy that guards Gronk um, mm-hmm. on outside. Mm-hmm. And then the linebacker is going to be left on one of the interior receivers. And if you're not going to bring pressure, you're not going to get to Brady. So it's like, it's like pick your poison. Um, I think that's going to be what, what ultimately derails them defensively. And turnovers, they win, but you know, that's, the yeah, I understand what you're saying, and I mean, you, I don't think you're necessarily wrong because you make a compelling case, and it does make sense. But for some reason, I think it's going to be the flip of that. I, I think the receivers are going to do okay, but the difference is going to be these linebackers trying to get up on Gronkowski because he's already way too, or not even a linebacker. It could be one of the defensive backs getting on Gronkowski. Cause mm-hmm. I think the you know the Edelman's they're going to get their they're going to get their catches, but I don't think they're going to be the difference maker of separating the scoreboard. I think it's going to be the big matchup, not necessarily the speed matchup. Well, we'll see. Another thing McDaniel's is going to be uh, looking to do is putting Marcus Peters in situations where um, he has to make decisions. And I think this may be one of the first games in a while that we see Marcus Peters get beat from trying to jump a route because what's going to end up happening is he's going to be guarding somebody like an Edelman or a Hogan. And they're actually really good at double moves. And that's pretty much the kiss of death to, any guy who likes jumping routes, so that I mean, really I mean, especially especially with the Patriots, the Patriots have yeah. so many sophisticated routes. They yeah. don't run, they don't run routes based on the play. They but they run routes based on the defense that they see. Exactly. So if Brady can get the ball out quick, I think it's going to be dangerous. I think Sonny Michelle is going to be able to run the ball. It may take a little bit, but he'll be able to run the ball. Um, it's going to come down to 
how Belichick calls the game and uh, what defensive strategy we have in place, I think we can match up to, with them without Cooper Cup, honestly. Uh, so, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I know it's going to be a good game. I, mean, I think it's going to be interesting at the end of the day. I I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I can see both sides what either team wins. But um, I don't think it's going to be as – I don't think it's cut and dry as most people say. Like any other Super Bowl comes up, I already know, like I have a good feeling of who's going to win what. I mean, just like with the Super Bowl last year, I knew that the Eagles had like a way bigger chance of winning the Super Bowl over the Patriots. It's just something about how the Eagles came about during that playoff run, what they were capable of doing during the playoffs. Nothing to take away from the Patriots, but it just felt like with the Eagles, it was their time to do it. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, that doesn't take anything away from the Patriots because, like I said earlier, the Patriots was on their way of driving down the field in that play. It's just the fact that that ball was not out of Brady's hand. If that ball was not not out of Brady's hand, he I, I didn't even look at the entire play, but I know that Brady had somebody open. I just mm-hmm. know it. We've, we've seen Brady do this too many times, so I know he, had, he was throwing it to somebody open. It's just mm-hmm. like the fact that that defense got there quick enough. So, um, like I said, it's just with this Super Bowl, I don't see where any team has the edge going in. You know, both of them are just pretty much going into the game. They're going to play football, made the best man win. Nobody's coming in looking like we – I don't see either team coming in looking hungry. They don't look – they just look like they're just ready to play ball. Pooh says, that's, that's what I look at. That's how that's what I see. Pooh says, I don't know how the Rams defense has survived as far as they have, dude. They're one of the most talented defenses in the yeah, league, bro. Yeah, I mean, you got Sue, you got Donald, you got uh, who's the guy they got from uh Jacksonville? Uh, Fowler, they got yeah, they just, probably yeah, they, they just stole him, and the, and the other guy who um stole um that took the gay dude position. Gay dude. What that? Michael Sam was at Westbrook. That guy's still on the team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're and then Tulib and Tulib and Peters are two of the best corners in the league. I mean, I mean what, yeah, what, I mean, what, they do, don't what have do you think is keeping them above water, dude? Yeah, their defense <laughs> is not bad. It's just that, like right. I said, it's just the matchups. When, when, when Brady runs their offense, it's just the matchups you have to worry about. And um, like I said, like Bill said, it, it's, it's a lot that they're going to have to cover. But yeah. I think they're just going to keep it very basic and it's going to be unbeatable to stop. They're going to try to get Gronk in situations where he's just going to clearly have the advantage. Um, I, I just don't I, – I, I see Edelman getting some catches, but I don't see him doing that much damage against this Ram defense. I, I, like I said, I think it's a, it's a size game in the passing game over speed. That, that's the way I look at it. Uh, it's, it's going to be fun, man. McVay versus Belichick is, is going to be a good one. Um it's gonna be a good one for sure. They're basically facing head up this week, so yeah, that pretty much. Oh, uh, so we got that out the way as far as the Super Bowl preview. Um, you want to continue to jump on this uh, more of the sports stuff? I know you had a few things you want to talk about as far as the NBA and, um, uh, and some things you want. To, I know this whole thing with the um, <laughs> Anthony Davis situation and all this other stuff going on. I mean, you can fill me in because I haven't really been following it as much. Um, so, so I guess let everybody else know what's going on as well. I'll start on the Zion Williamson uh, situation first because I find it very interesting. Uh, a lot of folks are talking about, you know, they think that Zion Williamson should just sit out this year. Um, I disagree. 
And I disagree for a couple reasons. The first is that uh oh Pooh said he sent you a topic on Twitter. Yeah, no, I I I we'll we'll, we'll probably get around to it. It's, it's kind of a cliche topic. I'll let you know what it is in a second. Okay. But um yeah, Zion Williamson is probably gonna be the first pick in the draft. Now the thing is in high school he was a man child. He still is a man child, but in high school he's really a man child. Um nobody could physically match up to him. Uh most guys weren't even his height, let alone his size. Um he's getting used to playing against some better competition. He is playing against the best college players in the country, a lot of who will be NBA players next year. I think he needs that experience. I don't think he should sit out. Now, he has a lot to lose if he gets injured, but on the flip side, um, he could get injured doing anything. So I, I can't really I can't really say, oh, yeah, you should sit out. Uh, when you have a chance to win a national championship, maybe player of the year and all that good stuff. I mean, that's that's definitely a couple feathers in your cap that you would want. On your, you know, on your career accolades. No, I think I think he should continue to play. I mean, my, my thing is, I, I'm gonna be honest. It just not had nothing to do with Zion, but we'll get back to him in a second. I'm just sick and tired of players just sitting out all the time. It, yeah. You're just you're just diminishing the college brand. You know, I, I I hate it because college football is like literally the last line of pure amateur sports where players play for pride and not for money. When players play for pride and not for money, we get the business aspect of it. But when they play on that level, you get the best out of those players. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I will, I will never, you know, sway away from that. As yeah. long as you're playing for your team, you're playing for your teammates, you're playing for your school, you will always get the best out of that player. You put money involved, you got people taking time. I mean, just look, for instance, and we get back to Zion. Look, look at look at Jadavion Clowney. Mm-hmm. I ain't got nothing. Because he knew it was going number one overall, and he didn't mm-hmm. get his footing in the NFL to after damn year three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and, and I, I, I mean, I like to talk shit about him because he plays for the University of South Carolina, but that's the that's the truth. He did not get his footing in the NFL to after year three, to the point where I myself was actually questioning this dude's game on the football field and it should mm-hmm. not be that way play and play until you can't play no more i understand there's money money involved in this, but if the money's there for you it's there for you if it's meant for you to get it you're gonna get it if it's meant for you not to get injured you're not gonna get injured that, that's just how it is right. just play the game but yeah. um, go go ahead, Vince. Go ahead. I, I definitely. Well, I mean, the Zion Williamson topic was a topic that was just gonna branch into a bigger topic of. I think that these players should be paid, and that and that is always. Oh, I agree. I agree opinion. that too. And a I lot of people that. gonna fight. Oh, he get a scholarship. I don't want to hear about that. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear about that. They bring in too much money to the school. They bring in so much money to that school to to these schools. And let's be honest, they're not there to play school. They're there to play football. They're there to play basketball. So I don't want to hear about they're given a scholarship because I mean, if they I mean, get injured, that scholarship is taken away. They need to do a they need to do a, like a documentary or a report on some of these kids who actually go to these schools. And I'm not taking nothing away from them because talent is talent. Yeah. But my God, some of these damn kids in college—I knew this when I was in school. 
Some of these damn kids cannot read what the lick, but the motherfucker could run the damn football. Let's be I, honest. I, at the same time, these schools know that, and what do they do to jeopardize the guy's career at the next level? They keep these boosters and agents around these kids throughout the time that they're in college, hoping they mess up, and then it'll look even more like, oh, see, we shouldn't pay them. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's crazy to me. I mean, it, I mean it's a setup on both. On, on both, it ends. is. They, they win. They win if they if they're if the kid's successful, and they win if the kid's not successful. Yeah. Because because either way, it's like okay, these boosters are going to do whatever they can to get the talent in, but then again, when something don't go right and they got to get rid of the kid, they're going to keep their money, so they don't have to compensate for anything. Look at Nevin Shapiro. Right. They knew what Nevin Shapiro was about. Nevin Shapiro stayed around Miami for the longest time. Why? Because they were winning. Yep. Once they start losing, Nevin Shapiro gets taken down. It's not a coincidence. Yep. No, not at all. You ain't bringing in, if you ain't bringing in the pro, if, if you ain't bringing in the product, they're gonna get rid of you. They're gonna find right. somebody else to do it. You a college player, you bought your knee, your scholarship's gone. No, you're not you're not holding up your end of the bargaining. And you're not even you're not even able to sit around and continue to go to school. Right, so I don't want to hear about I don't want to hear about school. I don't want to hear about oh they they're getting a scholarship. No, I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about the free education. You skip all that. That that's that's not what this is about. You're bringing in billions of dollars to these schools annually, and these kids need to call their mother to get some money to eat every week. <laughs> exactly. They getting they getting taken down for making a couple thousand off some. Autographs that they signed. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. They're not allowed Autograph. to have a job. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's crazy, man. No, I agree. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. My thing is just give everybody across the blade, uh, across the board pay for these kids that are in school. Let them ball out. Then they go to the pros. I don't. I don't see a problem with that. No. And I'm not. And then, and to be honest, I don't care if it's even talking about. Uh, you know, even if it's the women's volleyball team or the or the male's golf team, give them money too. Let them let them out. Everybody who's an athlete, and if they're bringing in money into the school, pay them. And my thing is, and, and they don't even have to. And I know I said across the board. I'm talking about across the board within what they bring in. If their school brings in X amount of dollars for football, every football player should get paid this much. If if the soccer team makes this amount, you know. Pam, based on all that, like it should be a percentage, yeah. but they should get something. And the NBA would be a better, uh, it would be a better quality league if you know these players stayed in college and they would stay in college if they were getting paid. They wouldn't tell run too good to the tell NBA. Me tell me about it because I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, and I know we could talk about this real quick with the Kyrie Irving and oh, uh, LeBron James yeah. situation. That was going to into the AD thing, so yeah, you can definitely. Yeah, but I'm just saying, Kyrie went back to LeBron and told LeBron that he didn't realize how tough it was for him to carry a team. Mm -hmm. LeBron is a special breed to carry, like, not only, like, lower-tier players, but lower-tier veterans who mm -hmm. benefited from – some of them didn't even benefit from going to college for that long period of time. Yeah. I mean, LeBron is just a special type of breed. Kyrie's another one. He Kyrie played what ten games in college? Like nine. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, so you don't have that. 
Every, in other words, everybody cannot be a LeBron. Everybody cannot be able to carry a team like that. But on the mm-hmm. flip side of that, if you want to learn how to build character and how to build relationships with players, mm-hmm. you have to go through those growing pains of learning how to be with people for four, three, four years in the college in the college realm. Yes. Why do you think people like Shane Battier is like was like phenomenal with his teammates? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A, yeah. a, or a Drew Gooden was phenomenal with his team, teammates. All these guys who went to school for four years, Elton Brand. I mean, these guys who've been there the, the entire time. I think what Brent Hill was another one. Perfect mm-hmm. example. These guys who who marinate their minds and their mindset marinate in that camaraderie of college all that time can learn from how to interact with other players like you're you're talking about Kyrie Kyrie's been in the league for X amount of years but then again he's trying to be a a LeBron like leader to Mm -hmm. a Jason Tatum or you know a Marcus Smart or you know these other players who haven't been in college for that long like that and Kyrie's and Kyrie's thing Kyrie's thing that he didn't understand was that when you are the best player on the team and the team hits a wall in January, February, you are the one that has to start them back you gotta, on the right track. You, you got you got to jump start. It's like a car. It's like a car that has been going down the down the road across country mm-hmm. and halfway across the country. That car started to stutter. You got to get under the hood and try to jump start that car again, so everybody keep going again. Yeah, and it's not about points. It's not about rebounds. It's not about assists. If you have to figure out what it is that you have to provide to your team to not only elevate the level of your teammates' play, but to also win games. Right. So LeBron was trying to show him that, and Kyrie was too busy saying, hey, you know, I hit the game-winning shot in the 2016 finals. I'm not getting enough credit. It's like, nah, bro, you are. It's not about that. Yeah, it's not, it's not, that's not what it's about. If Clay Thompson was like that, the Warriors would never succeed. Exactly. They, oh, if Steph Curry was like that, then hell, if any of those big four was like that, they wouldn't succeed. Yeah, and I mean Draymond is kind of getting like that, but it took a while and it was growing pains um that's early why, on with Mark Jackson there. But you know, they got through it and now that is, that is yeah. why even though people will talk shit about that team, I love the way they play basketball. It, 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 it's yeah. almost like it's almost like a super talented type of Spurs type team. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that the Spurs wasn't talented, but they were talented based on they knew what their roles were. Right. Golden State is talented because they're talented and unselfish. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like they you like the Spurs were they were talented because they were good at what each player did. Yep. You know what I'm saying, and and they knew what their their role was. It's like the the Warriors took it to another level. Like, yeah, all of us could go on any team and score thirty, but we're going to play unselfish basketball. You can say whatever you want to say about the team and how they was assembled, which mm-hmm. technically they weren't assembled in a in in a crazy wake of damn near what eighty. Yeah, I like about say like eighty percent of the team, or maybe eighty five percent of the team was drafted. Yeah, the three, but, the three, the main three were. Right. So I think with that being said, you know, the way that they play ball is just a beautiful thing. And, and be quite honest, I wish a lot of teams would play that way. But just going back to what, Le, what, what LeBron, 
that's what made that's another thing that made LeBron special. LeBron came into the league mm-hmm. trying to get a, a camaraderie with his teammates. Yep. And they, they won out of Cleveland, and that never wavered. And that's what they, I mean, even when he went to Miami, people could say that's somewhat of a super team, but you got to understand that LeBron went to Miami and he went through growing pains himself because he took the back burn. I mean, he took the back bench in the beginning. That first mm-hmm. year was not a great year for LeBron. That year was the year that Derrick Rose won the MVP because he was balling out of control. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that. So when LeBron realized that, okay, I'm trying to do the teammate thing and it doesn't work this way. Now, Dwayne Wade came to him and said, look, we need you to do this, this, and this. It was off to the races at that point. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's what makes LeBron special off the court. You well, know? And, and, and another person that had that Kyrie syndrome was uh, Scottie Pippen. Remember, Tony Kukoc hit that shot to beat the Knicks, and Scottie Pippen was on the bench sulking. Yeah. Um, you know, he's another person that had that syndrome, and it's going to be interesting when that 30 for 30 is released about MJ's last season uh, because – A lot of people say there's a lot of tension in that. And yeah, I don't team. think it was all roses. No. I don't think it was all roses the last two times they went because you already knew that – even the people in the front office did not – they did not want to sign Jordan after that first ring. Oh, so yeah, yeah, those clowns, not the first yeah, one, those clowns not the, were the main issue. Yeah, not the first one, but the fourth ring. When they went, when he came back and he yeah. won that first one, they, that, that, I mean, when he won ring number four, they, yeah. didn't want to, they didn't want to sign him back for the fifth and sixth one. They did not want him. Oh, yeah, Reinsdorf and Cross, they, they, they were a totally different backwards. But, um, but, yeah, so it's like you can't – you have to follow before you lead. Uh, Jordan and, had to learn that too. Yeah, he did. And LeBron learned it in Miami because even Dwayne Wade said, look, bro, I don't got to be the best player in this team anymore. You right. do. But in a way, by saying by taking that step back, that was a that was a show of leadership. That was a display of leadership because he knew that LeBron was the better player at that time. And even if he wasn't, they weren't about to sit and fight about that. Now, hold on. I see what Pooh just said. He said, as far as I'm concerned, fuck Irvin for that. You got what you wanted. Now you see it's a problem. You want to come back. No, stay where you go or go elsewhere. I, I can agree with the second part of it, but I'm not going to say fuck Kyrie Irvin. You got to understand, Kyrie's, what, 26? Yeah. He's basically yeah. still a kid. Like I said, all these players that are in the NBA aren't built like or just have the mentality of like LeBron James having. I mean, not even just now, because LeBron had this mentality back then. It's just that he actually had. Y'all gotta understand what LeBron. LeBron had this mentality back then to where when he went to Miami, mm-hmm. he was humble enough to know that okay, I'm talented, but I'm gonna fall back because this is Dwayne Wade's team. Yep. Everybody want to talk about how bad he played throughout the finals that year, but you have to understand where he's coming from. I mean, that that was a big moment for him because of the situation he was in. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's not that – put it like this. Any other player who was in that situation, what do you think would have happened? Most players would try to take over that team immediately and just yeah. straight up disrespect what Pat Riley and Dwayne Wade already had going on. Mm-hmm. Some players would do that. So – with Kyrie Irving, 
it's nothing wrong with Kyrie Irving did what he did because I mean we all do it in life as men. We all yep. want to branch out and do our own thing. I have a homeboy mm-hmm. right now that to this day he doesn't talk to me to this day. I mean, he still lives in Georgia, so we don't talk as much. But mm-hmm. this kid, I actually for his he had a job lined up, a real good paying job. And I actually literally had to fill out the application for him to get the job. And when I talked to the manager of that job, they're like, man, if you'd have took the job, you would have had it. But he didn't, he didn't feel comfortable with me helping him out. He wanted to do it his own way. Mm-hmm. I get it. I respect it. I mean, that's my, that's like a little brother to me, but I can respect him doing it. No, he didn't get the job. He had a couple more years of growing pains to actually get a job that he liked or that mm-hmm. he wanted. But I can respect that. I mean, we all as men do it. You're going to do it. I mean, anybody who's listening, you've probably already done it or going to do it sometime in your life. Where it's like, you know what? I'm a man. I need to see if I can do this myself. Yeah. And that's what he did. I don't fault him for that. But I, I, I like I said, I totally understand what Pooh's saying. Like, no, don't try to go back to LeBron. I, I wouldn't try to go back to, to play with them unless if like. I mean. It, it, it depends on the situation, but. I would like continue to try to work it out with the Celtics, but we already know with his contract that probably won't be viable. It's probably the reason why he's talking about going to the Lakers. But um, I think he sees a situation in Boston where um they have drafted a superstar and another superstar came back from injury. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be the guy. But they have so many cooks in the kitchen that right now it ain't working. Right. And Tatum has a chance to be just as good. What's going on, Chris? Um, Tatum has a chance to be just as good, if not as if not better. And I think Kyrie is looking at it as like, well, you know, I don't know if we're gonna win this year. And I already admitted that. I was wrong about the whole LeBron situation. Uh, It's not that I didn't enjoy playing alongside him. It was just that I wanted to try things out and be the superstar. And I realized that I would rather just be the guy that scores 30. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I I never fought him for leaving. It's just that I I, I think the thing is, it, 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 it came out as more messier than it needed to be. It definitely did. It, it, I don't think it was ever as bad as the media made it seem out to be. I can oh. understand, like, when they said that Kyrie was going to request a trade and he was going to sit out. I, I tend to not to believe that. That don't sound like Kyrie. I believe mm-hmm. that he probably wanted to trade, but for him to be forcing his hand like that, I don't – not especially during the season. I don't believe that happened. Maybe after the season was over, he probably like, look, I want to move on. And I get mm-hmm. it. But I, I, Kyrie don't come off as that type of guy to just try to, to be a disruptor. So I, I think the media tried to blow it up a little bit. But well, now getting to this AD situation. Yeah, because I'm I'm looking at something right now, that um this is um the deal. I'm gonna let you go and talk mm-hmm. about this. This was on First Things First, uh, um some TV show that comes on. I don't I don't really watch those debates. Oh, ass Chris Carter. Yeah, Mr. Domestic Violence. I was so hurt. Well, anyway, um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was the proposed trade that possibly could happen. Anthony Davis was going to go to the Lakers. 
And the Pelicans was going to get Lonzo, Kuzma, Zubak. That's how to pronounce the name? Zubak. Zubak, okay. Mm-hmm. Zubak, Brandon Ingram, Lance Steven, and two unprotected first-round picks. Yeah, no. That that's way too much, but um, I'm gonna let you go in. In since you that's, ugh. so what I've heard is the trade has to start with this is start with Lonzo, Kuzma, Zubak, and a first round pick. Now, those four right there, I don't have a problem with. For now, Anthony, for Anthony, I don't. I with that right there alone, I don't have a problem with that pick. I would honestly, if I was a Lakers fan or if I was a Lakers coach, if I was anybody involved with the Lakers, I would rather give up Ingram over Kuzma. Oh, and, yeah, I just thought about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. Kuzma, Kuzma is a more productive player than Ingram, in my opinion. And honestly, I would fight that to the point where if New Orleans said, look, we're not going to do business. With you, I'd be like, you know what? That's fine. Because, see, they already know that if AD doesn't get traded there, he's going to sign a free agency. Hold on. Find out. Time out. Time out. This is not his last year on his contract, is it? Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's what I'm looking to see. This is last year. Right, let me look. Well, I keep talking. I'm, I'm, I'm looking right now. So, yeah. So, if he doesn't get traded – to LA, I think he will go to LA in free agency. Oh no, he but, got two more years. He got he's he's a free agent in 2021. Really? Yeah. That's not the I'm way, gonna, way, gonna, the, not the way everybody's it. making it seem. Yeah, I'm gonna put it in the chat so you and everybody else can see it. Hold on, sorry. I put it in the um in the part in the private chat and I'm gonna put it out here so everybody else can see it. Yeah, he um, cause everybody was talking about. Yeah, he signed for twenty five this year, twenty seven next year, twenty eight on twenty twenty. Yeah, but does he have a player option though? Uh, let me see. I don't say. Cause he said he ain't signed. Yeah, 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 he has a he has a twenty twenty player option. Um... So this what I don't. He's gonna force up out of. He's gonna force his hand up out of there, though. I don't. I don't see them holding on to this. But you gotta all. You gotta understand though. Like what you were saying, um, that he wants out of there. They're not gonna deal with this for the next two years. They're gonna get rid of him. No. He he, he already said he's not gonna sign an extension. That's what I'm saying. Either way, that's what I'm saying. Either way, he's not gonna sit here and deal. The team is not gonna deal with this for the next two years. I don't. I don't see him doing. No. It. So I. So I think the Lakers have leverage right now because. Um, I, I I have no doubt in my mind that there's tampering going on of some kind, and I oh, honestly, it is. honestly, I really don't even care. No, I'm gonna be honest. I, with I you. disagree with tampering rules to begin with. I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with tampering rules, but there, it got to be a limit to tampering. You just can't be can't be out like blatant. Like having talks I mean, with somebody, having talks is one thing, but. There is, okay. It's gonna have to be some limit to it. Okay, but okay, okay. Hold on, though. Now, now, let I know this isn't a regular job, but let's just think about this. Now, let's say, let's say I was working. Let's say I was I was signed to um, let's say RCA Records, right? Okay. And 
you know, my contract was winding down. And I didn't know whether I wanted to sign another three album contract. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll go to Sony. Mm-hmm. And Sony contacts me. I don't think there's an issue with that. No, I, I, I agree with that. So I think so. I think from that perspective, I, I I get what you're saying, but my thing is the level of tampering is like, let's say at a New Orleans Pelican practice or at a game. Oh yeah, okay. Magic, yeah. Magic yeah. Johnson yeah. shows up. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. Nah, yeah. 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 Or, or like the 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 lower tier guy that works for um for Magic Johnson shows up. Yeah, that's like, extreme. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Extreme. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, well, I think what happens behind closed doors. Happens, but overt tampering, I agree with. Right, you know, like like say for instance, okay, after practice, if uh, such and such call you on on your phone or whatever the case may be, and y'all talking or whatever, or like the agent is talking behind closed doors while you're playing, I don't have a problem with that. But you know, just to be out there, just disrespecting other people, nah, yeah. or like disrespecting people' practices, or yeah, I like say if they're on a trip, like like say if they're flying to the next game or whatever, all of a sudden you see like <laughs> Genie Bus is on the plane too, looking like you <laughs> yeah, know nah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I so I, I can definitely see it from that from that vantage point. Right. But um, no, nah, I mean the way everybody was talking, I thought his contract was up. I, I I think he'll definitely get traded. I don't think they have any incentive to trade him right now. They will though because they're gonna panic. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I mean. You got to think about it. Even with him under, if he was, uh, if this was last year on the contract, it'd be like, I'm gonna be honest, he'd he'd have been gone by now. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it was last year's contract now, and he started saying this, he'd have been gone by at least right before the All Star break. Yeah. But the fact that he has two more years, what's going to happen is, is either he's going to get traded now before the All Star break, or he's going to get traded into the season because every time that you know, throughout the season, this is going to linger, and it's going to get worse. It's going to be bad PR for the Pelicans. It's going to be bad PR for the for. I'm not going to say necessarily for Anthony Davis, but it's going to be bad PR for every other agent that's working with the players for the New Orleans Pelicans. The mm-hmm. agents going to come to the team like, look, if AD is doing this, he's a superstar. My other players don't have a chance. Y'all going to have to do something. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's going to get that. That's what's going to get them up out of there. But trust me, if this was his last year on the contract, he would have probably been gone by now. At the latest, he would have been gone by all-star break. But, I I mean, it's going to be interesting, man, because uh, he said said he's willing to play out this year. But I think what that means is – what what I will I'll say what I thought it meant first. I thought that he was going to be afraid just after this year. I thought that that statement right, right there was yeah, an indication. Saying, yeah, with him saying that, that does make it sound like he's going to be afraid. That I agree. With that. Now what it means to me is all right. Y'all got till the end of this year. After that, <laughs> it's like basically what he said. Like, look, y'all going to me now. Or at the end of the year, what's going to happen is it's going to get real ugly in the offseason. Right. I ain't touching this damn court. And we're going to see how you uh, sell your season tickets. Better ask to see how Jimmy Butler did it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> AD going to show up to practice and cook everybody. Exactly. And, yeah. So, I it's going to get messy after this year. I don't think they need to trade him right right now. Um, But I think if L.A. gets to the point where – they aren't as desperate for an AD, they're going to have to unload him. Because right now, L.A. is playing with, with house money. 
they get AD this year, they don't get AD this year. Ultimately, he's going to be in L.A. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you got Clay talking about, you know, if uh, well, we don't know if Clay really said it, but sources around him said that he would be interested in L.A. if they got Anthony Davis. So now that is picking up a bit of steam. Um, it's it's going to get interesting. Oh, uh, let's add DJ to the call. If oh, he's can. here? Yeah, tell he's in the chat. Twitter. Yeah, tell him to hit the um, hit Twitter and uh, in the DM. is uh, The link is in the DM. So if he wants to come in, just tell him to hit the link. The link is in the DM. All right. Um, but yeah, it's 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 gonna get messy. It has the potential to get messy. I I don't get it, man. Uh, do you think the Sixers will resign? But no, because they're not gonna have the success that they envisioned, and then they're gonna get tired of him complaining about shots, and then no, he's gone. Yeah. I don't really know. I haven't even thought about that as far as Butler being resigned. I have no idea, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not. I, Bro, like I, don't, I don't really know where he can go and have success. That and That's another thing is like, what other team where he will go to and actually be successful as he is now? Because from what I see is they're doing pretty good with him on the team. I mean, I, like I said, I don't really follow – I don't know football. I don't really follow ba- um, baseball. Boy, I'm all over the place today. Am I drunk? I don't follow basketball as much in the regular season at, at, like I used to. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously because, you know, my bulls suck, but still. You know, <laughs> I don't follow them like I used to. But um, um, from what I've seen, the Sixers are actually doing pretty decent as far as I know. Yeah, but I think – his issue is okay. Well, first off, we already know he throws players under the bus, so that's already known. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a red flag if you're going to put him with other younger players. Secondly, he thinks he's the best player on a championship team, which he isn't. So that's another red flag because, um, especially considering how they went about getting him and saying, yeah, but. I think Jimmy Butler is a good second player on a championship team, but he will never accept that role, and that's the issue. I think it's like you know, like the Spider Man meme mm-hmm. with Spider Man pointing at the the, the yeah. pointing at each other. I think him and Paul George are like one and one. They're, no, they're, no, nah. I think, uh, as, as far as no, as far as getting what you said about him being the second player on the superstar team and, and getting the same results, absolutely. Yeah, but I think it's for different reasons, though. Yeah, I agree with that, but it's like you you you're going to get the same result. I think PG at this point in his career could be the best player in the championship team. You think so? Yeah. I mean, he's playing MVP. Yeah, 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 I will say this. I think he has a better chance of doing that than, than Butler, yes. He's playing MVP basketball this year, bro. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. I, I, I think I, I think now a few years ago I would disagree, but I think right now he's taking that step. He's he he's he's big time. Now he he's he's big time. Now Jimmy Butler, on the other hand. He is like a Scottie Pippen who buys into all the hype. Like, dude, you're always going to be a number two. You swear you're a number one. So I, I don't I don't know where he would work. I'm just honestly trying to think. I can't think of anywhere he could go where he could be the best player on the team and then win a championship. Right. And where would he accept being the two? He ain't going to L.A., Sure is only going to LA. Maybe, maybe the Clippers. <laughs> and then if Kawhi goes to the Clippers, then what? 
Right. You think that's gonna work out? You think Kawhi's gonna like dealing with that? Kawhi just want to play ball. That's it. Hold on, I'm trying he to get DJ in here. You he don't want to be called soft in practice. You <laughs> don't want to be called out during press conferences. He just wants to play ball, man. So Jimmy Butler is just. I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of one of those things. It's like a crazy case. It's kind of like Allen Iverson, except Allen Iverson was good enough to be a championship, uh, to be the best player in the championship team. It just never kind of panned out. But once Iverson got older and he wasn't that guy, he wouldn't accept it. Right. Okay. Okay. And, that, and that's the issue. He wouldn't accept the fact that he was not that guy anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had a... He had a little complex for a while, and you you saw it when he went to Denver. Yeah, look at how Chauncey Billups elevated that team with Melo compared to how Iverson elevated that team. It was just different. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I agree. It, it kind of sucks because you know how it, you know how talented Allen could have been if yeah. he was just like let someone else in to, to actually run the run the run the team with them. Hold on, I got a question. See, this is going to get interesting now. Now, what do you think about the Celtics just straight up trading Kyrie? I don't have a problem with that. Because because what I'm thinking is there's starting to become rumblings of him likely not re-signing next year. Right. I wouldn't put it past Danny Ainge to just trade his ass. And the no, only way I, that the Celtics can get AD is to trade him. Yeah, I, I think that would actually be uh I actually think that would be a um a good thing, honestly, to go ahead and get rid of him because he's gonna leave anyway. And and to be and honest, Davis in return, and they have plenty of pieces to trade. I think outside of Tatum, I don't think anybody should be untouchable. Yeah. Outside. Of- yeah. Yeah. Thinking about it. Yeah. Because you're looking at the other pieces. Rozier, uh, Marcus Smart. Rozier, I think, is expendable. Smart. Yeah. I won't call Brown. him expendable, but for AD, I would take that chance. Brown's expendable. He's a good player, but no. Uh, Hayward. I like Hayward. I would prefer he stay, but if it means AD, then I would probably trade him. Uh, so, like I said, other than Tatum, I, I, I don't think that I don't think they can trade him because of like I think like the Derrick Rose rule rule or something like that. No, no. the Derrick Rose rule is you can't trade for AD unless you trade Kyrie. Oh, okay, okay. So that's what I'm saying. They can't acquire him in free agency, or I should say, they can't acquire him via trade. They can sign him, but he would have to make it to free agency. Which, okay, you know, which you know, a couple days ago didn't really seem like it was going to happen, but now it kind of seems like the Pelicans are gonna just wait things out. They have that high asking price in the beginning. Uh, then you got other teams who are coming out as uh favorites to get them. They're talking about the Bucks made everybody except Giannis available for trade. Okay. They're talking about Port. They're talking about Portland. Yeah, I've heard rumblings about Portland because uh, um, what's his name trying to get up out of there? Dame. 
Yeah, Dame's trying to get up out of there. I could see a three-team trade happen, and he still ends up in L.A. <laughs> right. I right. can see a three-team trade happening, but oh man, man, I need to um, man, I need to do something with my Chicago Bulls, man. I know, I know, he's not ever going to come there, but Jesus Christ, the the talent is there. Right now. I mean, the problem is the, the talent is there. The problem is just the coach. Who's you know, coach right now? Um, who knows? I don't even care. About <laughs> like, hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, Derek, yeah. What's going on? What's good? What's hey, good? what's up? All right, all right. We good. We good. Now, how's the audio? Is there a little bit of echo or whatever? No, it's well, echo. Like, it just sounds kind of. Yeah, it sounds like you're on a phone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, t- right. Yeah, typically. Yeah. So where did I jump in on? Because I know I jumped in in the middle of some bullshit. No, not really. <laughs> nah. We're really. talking about Kyrie and uh, AD yeah. and um. We're talking about the my, 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 my terrible Chicago Bulls. All that damn talent, and the, the, I don't know who the coach is, but it's fucking terrible. Wait, ain't marketing coming off the bench now or something? That's what I'm talking about. Stuff like that. <laughs> you know wait, you, wait, wait. So is Bobby Portis starting? Man, I listen. Last time I checked, Portis and um Jabari was starting. Start. Oh dear God. That's the last time I checked. Yo, let me tell you something. A week and a half ago. 2K, 2K does not lie, bro. They nobody would take that horrible Jabari Parker contract. Bro, I told you, man. I told you, man. I'm having problems with trying to keep him on the team now. You know, it's yeah. funny. I was actually tempted to get him myself, but you know with what that I contract? did? I got myself a second. I was thinking about it because I'm looking at my my roster. And I'm like, I'm gonna jettison at least Morris or uh, Dwight Howard at some point. So you know, hey. a cool feature. Like, let's say, like, you're a Bulls fan, and I'm using the Celtics, and DJ's using the Wizards. Wouldn't that be cool if somehow we could control the trades that happen for that team if you allow us to kind of control it within the franchise? Like, let's say you're like, you know, like, I want to make this trade, but Washington's being difficult. Let me have my boy come into the franchise real quick and and see if we can pull this off. Like, that would be kind of cool. Something, so something needs to be done because I can't get rid of Jabari to save my life. I can't. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm basically forced to use him, man. And I mean, it's cool because I'm, I'm basically put him down to like seven minutes of game because I don't, I don't, you know, right. I don't use him on the team. But I mean, I just, I shouldn't have to deal with those problems. Yo, I'm pissed that Justin Holiday got traded because that that ruined everything I had planned for the Bulls franchise. Quite frankly, I don't want Denzel Valentine starting on my team. No, what I what I've done, I basically moved um, Zach Levine to um, uh, small forward, and I got Chandler Hutchinson playing. And that kid is I, I hmm. like that kid a lot. I like Chandler Hutchinson a lot. He's been playing very. He's like in my model league, he's been averaging like eleven a game. And I mean okay. that, that that's perfect for what I need for him right now. Right. You know, it, it's pretty cool. Um before we get into any other um before we get into any other gaming stuff, because I still want to talk about the PlayStation 5 dev kids. Mm-hmm. Um Chris asked about what do we think about the AAF. And I mean we did this on a podcast a while back. We did an in-depth um analysis of the AAF and what it has to offer. Mm-hmm. But since the Super Bowl is going to you know, this Sunday and after that, there's really no football. We can just touch on it really quick of what we think 
um, once again, what we think of the AFF is going to be like. I think it's going to be good, decent quality football, nothing over the top. But I, I am looking forward to it. I, I don't have anything else after that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think there's going to be growing pains, but it's going to be quality football after a couple of years. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to disappear anytime soon. Uh, they have too much talent and too many football people, you know, within that league that, you know, will make sure that it's a quality brand of football. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be good for at least a year, maybe DJ? Well, I, shoot, I didn't really have good thoughts, but. But, you know, modest thoughts are, let's just see what happens. I know they already did a scrimmage from what I yeah. saw from a tweet mm-hmm. of a guy that I think uh, Chick Hernandez, I think he was broadcasting one of them or he was uh, announcing one of them. So he okay. showed a picture. It was it was like an empty stadium, but we expect they're scrimmaging. Right. So we'll see when the season starts. I know there's a couple of players who have been cut. Some people who don't aren't in the NFL no more actually being picked up by some of these teams. Um, I know like there's a, a kicker that played for the um, for the Chargers. He's on the, the Atlanta team right now, and there's a couple mm. other transactions that has happened too. So, I mean, I think the fact that they have the type that type of talent that is actually in the league, I think it's going to be okay. It's not like the XFL when they just picked up a bunch of scrubs that wanted to wrestle at the same time. So I, mean, I think it's going to be okay. I don't. I don't expect it to be anything over the top. Maybe I would say. Um, I'll say maybe slightly lower than the power of top five. So power five, power football. It'll probably be a little bit less. Yeah. I think that's worth watching. Oh, who's Nick Folk? Nick, you mean Nick Folk? Folk got signed by who? Hold on, I'm about to look. Wait a minute, he already got signed. That's kind of early. He got signed by what? I think that somebody's joking. That that, that can't mean, that can't be real. Did he get signed to an AAF team, or did he get signed by the Eagles again? What What do you mean by that? Did somebody in the chat say that? Yeah, the pool said he got signed, but he doesn't. Man, say okay, okay, we're gonna we're just gonna cut it right there. Who? <laughs> no, uh, nah. You're gonna have to try again. Oh, because he he wants Bryce Harper. He wants Nick Foles. He wants everybody to sign with the. With, with a Philadelphia team, no. no it, Nick Folk, the kicker for the Bucks, got signed. Signed to who? I mean, you're not giving us any information. Wait, wait. I'm, I'm uh, trying uh, to find uh, it now. Yeah, I'm about to say cut Pooh off from the information channel because oh yeah, he got he got signed to the AAF Arizona Hotshots. Okay, so he got signed. Um, um, Young Cool got signed too. I think he was a kicker for Georgia Southern. He was um. He's the kicker for Georgia Southern. He played for the uh, the, the Chargers. Hey, Pooh, how about this? I got signed just a couple of days ago to play wide receiver for one of the Orlando teams. How about that? That's breaking news. That's why I'm on the road. It's like, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Um, what am I about to say? Uh, We're getting to uh, PlayStation 5. Yeah. Death kits. We talked about this right before we got on, and we were talking about the life cycle of the PlayStation 4 coming to an end because of that. Um, 
usually when the when the um death when the death kids go out, they usually give you about a year, anywhere between a year and two years for that the next console is coming out. So with that being said, what are your expectations for um the PlayStation 5? Uh I mean well, I let really, me oh yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, because I know I'm gonna have to go in a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh my expectations, uh, I do hope they have backwards compatibility because the turnaround is just too fast, in my opinion, as far as uh, next-gen consoles. But I hope they right the wrongs from the this past, you know, console generation, so that way we can have like the the proper performance, like. My whole thing, I don't care about the uh, resolution. I'm more worried about like the frames per second. I'm worried about just smooth, buttery performance there versus um, the huge graphical upgrade. I figured the mm-hmm. up- graphical upgrades are going to be what they are going to be. Yep. But yeah, we, we talked about this before. You know, it's all eye candy. I mean, these people, some, I mean, we learned that this generation, People really care about how the game looks instead of performs. I mean, 4K to the max or whatever, but we need these first three patches to come in so you can play this game. Oh, God, yeah. You know, stuff like that got to go. I I think performance over resolution, I'm with you 100%. I will deal with the game or these next consoles. They absolutely have to give you 1080p 60 on every game, point blank. Have to. And that's the minimum. That's the minimum, 1080p 60. Everything else, you know, if y'all want to push the limit to everything, and if that limit works, I'm good for it. But 1080p 60 easy, no doubt. Yeah, yeah it has to be. But um, I, I just think it's – oh, go ahead, Bills. I, I, didn't wanna I mean, I don't – like, I really don't have many expectations, but I, I'm going along with what y'all said, definitely – Got to be 1080 60 minimum. Uh, the frame rate, frame rate, frame rate should be locked throughout gameplay. It shouldn't Absolutely. be. Yeah, it should not go. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, and also, um, just my prediction. I think that one of the release titles for the PS5 will be the next GTA. That's just my two cents on that. I, I'm going to tell you something I want it to be, but I'm going to tell you, like we said before, reason why I don't think it'll be, because the motherfuckers are still milking people off of GTA 5. Long yeah. as they keep making money, they, I, I, I highly yeah. doubt you do it. Yeah, them people keep buying them shark cards. They, of course, right. keep, yeah. but, but you know the lure is always being able to add something in still. Mm-hmm. Three, what, it costs, what, two generations, several platforms, where people are just like they've given i'm sorry but 2k and rockstar have given something to gamers that hasn't been given in quite some time but at the same time you gotta stop buying right. these shark cards that's just crazy that's that's like i mean we don't even play this game but skyrim people keep buying skyrim over and over again and they wonder why they don't get a new game it's the same thing yeah skyrim has been a game since what Original Xbox, PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and they keep porting it to the PS3. They port it to PS4. It ships on iPads, on phones. And they and people keep buying it. And that's why they haven't made a sequel to it. It's the, it's the same way with GTA 5. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a great game. I love the game. But 
I don't think we're going to see a GTA Six until people stop buying stuff off that game because they're still making they're still making things for the game more DLC for the game. Yeah, but I think I think I think I think it'll release with the next. I think they want to start the next console generation with a bang, and I think that would be a way to do it because they'll still figure out how to sell people on buying a new one. I'm sure. All right, I got a question to that though. With that being said, how much you think they've been working on GTA Six? Because you got to think about it. PlayStation Five and the next Xbox probably coming out in 2020. They just got finished putting out Red Dead. Yeah. But I think GTA, I think GTA has, I think they at least have what they want to accomplish thus far. They've, they've met that goal as far as, even if it's just mapping out exactly what the game is going to be. Um, I think, I think overall the game will be finished by the time that the consoles come out. Even if it's like a couple months after the console comes out, I think the game will release that. I just think the game will be finished in time. I think that that's. I think it's going along with that timeline. Just, I just, I think that's what it is. I would hate for it to be a launch game uh, for that console because a lot of things can happen. Like we've that's, seen people, we've seen people with the special edition of uh, PS4 for uh, what Kingdom Hearts, even though that's not a launch title, but mm-hmm. a special edition type console. Now all of a sudden have their pre-order canceled because you know a GameStop or somebody overbooked or what have you. So you know, I, 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 didn't look- follow, I didn't follow that story. That's why I didn't put it in the um put it in the um, podcast title because I don't know what happened. I need to check that out because I heard it. I mean GameStop. We already know about getting nobody. Well, their stocks, their stocks dropped. Like a friend of mine told me, their stocks dropped like twenty one percent in that whole span of time. So. Yeah, and uh, nobody wants to buy GameStop at this point, and they're, they're, it's, it's about to be a problem with GameStop. Yeah, but, they're um, going to be gone in about three years. If that, but yeah, I, I just thought it was very interesting because you know what the PS5 dev kits out, you know the Xbox was the Xbox One is about to come out right behind it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 wouldn't, I would not be surprised. And to be honest with you, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, Nintendo need to come out with one too that's not like a Switch. They need to make a real console. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of looking at the Switch. I'm sorry. I, to me, the Switch is a fucking handheld. It's, it's not a console. It's a handheld that's playing as a console. But with that being said, I, I need Nintendo to make a real console so I can play. Yeah. I'm okay, well on, well, on that note, fellas, I got to go because I got to uh, pump some gas here and I got the cell phone on me, so I'm not going to yeah, don't, explode don't anytime soon. Yeah, we don't need <laughs> that on the podcast. We don't need that. Nah. Yeah, also, I know screen goes dark. Matter of fact, has it been flashing green on you guys? No, no, no. You've been, uh, good. You've been good. Okay, because on my end, it seems like it's flashing green. But, yeah, I'm going to head out on that note. It was good to get in when I was able to get in. And right. I agree. I wish I could stay longer, but I'll I'll probably be home in the next thirty minutes or so. Yeah, we'll be probably about closed out by then. Oh yeah, yeah, I figured it would. Yeah, but we so, appreciate you coming, man. Yeah, we, oh, no good. problem. And boo, do not break any more news unless you have some valid points to make behind <laughs> it or some supporting <laughs> info. Don't just be giving people news yeah. and expect people to just go off of it. Jeez. Yeah, uh, Pooh Broussard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, I'm out. All right. All right. All right.
But um, yeah, um, like I said, yeah, even with the even with the success the switch is getting, yes, I, I mean the the switch is a handheld, yeah. and I'm not I'm not knocking, I'm not taking nothing away from the switch. The switch is a is a decent piece of tech to play games on. It's not for me, but I see why people like it. But for me, I'm the type. Let me hook this thing up to my TV. Let me hook it up to my monitor. I want to sit on a couch. I want to sit in my computer chair, and I just want to play a game. The handheld stuff is cool, but I'll probably play that maybe once a week. And I'm not about to pay no money to be playing a a, a, a little device for once a week. I'm not gonna do that. No, I agree. I, I need a I need a console. I mean, you know, that that's what I'm built up on. And you know, even if it is even if it is, you know, something like that, you know, just let us know what it is. Don't try to make don't try to trick us and make it seem like it's something that is not because it, it's not a console. I don't care what anybody says. It's not a console. Yeah. But um, anything, anything else you want to add before we go? Because I, I don't have anything to add. Uh, I think we covered uh, everything. Pretty much, yeah. I know. Okay. I know. Uh, we 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 could we could touch on Pooh's uh topic for a second. Um, hold on. Like, let, me, let me get the whole the whole gist of the of the topic. What he was saying. He said, "Talk about Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. How the hell are those two running backs stay in the league for this long and not show any signs of slowing down, despite playing at a position that would otherwise take a lot of punishment?" That that's simple. Those guys are just built for it. Frank yeah. Gore and AP. Those two running backs are not your. They're not your typical running back that you see today. Those guys could have played in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Oh yeah. They're, they're those type of running backs. That, and we saw that in college. Right. I mean, those are the type of guys that are just basically – they're old school running backs, and it yeah. shows. I mean, you look at – and I hate to say it. You look at like a Devontae Freeman or you look at um, – uh, what other running back that that's out there? Um, LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. You can look at those type of running backs. Yeah, they're shifty. They're fast, but – those are the type of dudes that's gonna be like, all right, what happened to him after five or six years? I mean, yeah, they have a show life. And, yeah. Clay, and, and LaShawn McCoy has lasted longer than a lot of people expected. I've always been high on him, but I know a lot of people that weren't. So yeah, I mean, yeah, he's lasted a long time, but I mean, he, you can you can look at him and tell he's that type of running back that's just not gonna be a 10-year running back. Those guys yeah. are long gone. Yeah. You know, like you said, Frank Gore and AP are like Chris Johnson. Like, yeah, Chris Johnson. Yeah, it, Chris Johnson is a perfect example of that. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in 06, you couldn't tell me that dude was the shit, but like him, um, what was the other one that played for the Colts? Joseph Adai. Oh, God, I mean, that, that guy. You know, Edgar and James. Edgar and James is built to be like those type of running backs. So look what happened to him. Yeah. You know, it's just those two guys, those are the. Frank going AP, those are the type of running backs that you could put in the category with Barry, Emmett, um, Ricky Waters, um, uh, Terrell Davis. And, and you didn't even put Terrell Davis in it, even though he had two blown knees. He was built like that. I man, mean, I'll tell you a sad case, man. Arian Foster was going to be a Hall of Oh, fan. my God. Oh, that dude, that dude would still be the best Arian running back. Foster, Sean Alexander. Um man. Who else? Uh, Larry Johnson, you could say. Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes. It's like those type of guys, they're not on that level with mm-hmm. like those old running backs today, like a uh, Marcus Allen. Uh, uh, what's the other one? Earl that, that Campbell. Paper? Huh? Earl Campbell. 
Earl Campbell. You had um, what's the other one? Uh, Eric Dickerson. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You had running backs that were running backs. You know what I'm saying? They could, they could, they're just, they were just a different type of running back. I mean, your question was easy. I thought you was like, I thought you were asking to compare them. And yeah, say I thought you were asking to compare them, but when I look at it, you know, hey, they were, they're just, they're just, they're old school. Yeah. You know, that's just basically what has, that's basically what it is. So um, I got a phone call. I'll catch them in a second. I'll call them back. But um, anything else you want to add before we go? I mean, I that was, that's basically, I mean, you, it, Poe, if you actually knew the history behind those guys prior to being in the NFL, you would have known the answer to that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Frank Gore had two busted knees before he even made it to the NFL, and and it showed no signs of it. AP was a monster in college, came in the NFL, broke, blew out his knee one year, and came back in like, what, eight, nine months? McGahee was, like, was another guy that could have been I think that same. Whatever, he was built like that. And I think he still is. You could put him in the same category with them. I just think with Willis McGay, he just got in a situation where he just couldn't be uh he couldn't be um uh he couldn't flourish. I'll put it like that. Yeah. After he left Buffalo, it was like he just wasn't the same. I mean, he had that year on uh he had a couple years on Ravens. Yeah. Do you think Not after those couple years, then yeah. Yeah. Do you think we'll find the next Devin Hester? You don't think it's Tyreek Hill. We already have, and he's a better version. <laughs> what? Y'all gotta understand that. Y'all gotta understand Devin Hester kind of he kind of messed up his own career. Not to say that his career was bad. Devin Hester should have stayed in the position where he was. He should have stayed a cornerback. When he started mm-hmm. to try to be a receiver, that's when he diminished his talents. In my he opinion. turned out to be a decent receiver, but by then guys had stopped kicking at him and his he was a, he, was a, he, he wasn't was worth the money, you know. Yeah, he was a better cornerback. He should have just did what he should have did what Charles Woodson did. He Stay said I don't think it's Tyreek Hill. I mean, bro, Tyreek Hill is every bit the game breaker that Devin Hester is and that's from the wide receiver position, let alone if you kick to him. Tyreek Hill is Devin Hester at receiver, what Devin Hester wanted to be. Now, I don't think Tyreek Hill could be a better cover corner than Devin Hester was, but Tyreek Hill is basically what Devin Hester wanted to be once he went to receiver. Like I said, like I said, Devin Hester should have stayed at cornerback, point blank. I mean, we saw saw Josh Cripps have his short-term success. So we've, so we've already that's seen another, another version of Devin Hester. And that's another thing. Josh Cribbs, he should have stayed at quarterback. Yeah. he. A lot of people don't know that. Josh Cribbs played quarterback before he even came into the league with Bowling Green. Go mm-hmm. look that up. But they didn't, you know, you know how they do black quarterbacks in the NFL. Of course. He was a victim of that. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with what's his name that's in the league now. Why in the hell Terrell Pryor still try to be a receiver? Why? Why did he even try to go out to be a receiver? Dude is like 6'6 with an arm. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a different story for another day. But um, I, I, I'm done, man. I, I think we I think we covered everything. Any You got one more anything to add? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty I don't much got good. nothing. Yeah, we've been going on for almost an hour and a half. I think we did good. Thanks for DJ for coming through. Yeah. I didn't think he was going to be – we didn't even know he had to work. Nah. 
But um, anyway, this is Sports and Frame Rates, episode number 52. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode. Once again, you can catch us on Twitter. I am VF Baller Bills is Bills Fourth. Catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes. Just look down there in the description. You can go to any of those links. Um, subscribe if you like. So if you want to go back and listen to the podcast or in, like if you're at work or whatever, you can always download it on, on any of those apps. Also, um, I don't have the link, but if you have Podcast Attic, you can um, search us on Podcast Attic where you can um, basically put us in the hub of the podcast and you'll get automatic updates um, as well as the automatic updates on the other two links. So you can always catch us up on there. I did not do a giveaway this week because I was thinking about not doing a giveaway every episode. I'll think about doing one once a month. And with that being said, it'll be a bigger giveaway instead of just doing $20 cards. I'm thinking along the lines of probably, I'll just put it like this. It's going to be a pretty decent monthly giveaway if I do it that way. It, you guys won't be disappointed. So um, right. catch us up, catch us live to do that. Um, I'm still in the process of getting other things done with uh, merchandise and other things to go with that. Everything just came to a halt when the baby was born, so I haven't been able to check up on anything of, of that nature, but it's still coming. And um, I don't have anything else. Uh, any last words? Yeah, uh, go pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame me. I don't blame me. I don't blame me. I think, I think either team got a good chance, but um, I wouldn't be. I would not be a surprise. So you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys did. And I guess you guys take care. Peace. Peace.